I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles this morning and go to the Old Testament book of Jonah uh, there in the minor prophet section toward the end of the Old Testament. And as you're doing that, let me welcome our campuses today. We're glad that you're joining with us. We're excited about what God is bringing to pass in Love and Truth Churches. And so today as we go into the Word of the Lord, I want you to get ready to receive what God has for each and every one of us today from His Word. Now, how many of you have ever had a time in your life where it felt like everything was closing in on you? Ever experienced? I mean, have you, have you ever had one of those, those nights that it seemed like they wouldn't pass? Let, let me ask this question. Have you ever uh, taken medicine that was supposed to make you sleepy but wired you instead? Anybody ever done that? I mean, there, there are times the doctor will say, now, you know, or he'll say on the side of the bottle, this will cause drowsiness. And the first night it does. But the next night, you go to bed after taking that medicine, and your mind runs a thousand miles an hour, and you are so at your wit's end by the time that night is over. You're saying, man, if I can just ever get through this night, and if I can just ever get through this time. There are times in our life where it seems as though everything is closing in on us. It's like the darkness has descended. It's, it's one of those times where the prophet in the Old Testament said, he, he said, I prayed and the heavens were as brass. Another time he said, I looked in front of me, I looked behind me, I, looked, I couldn't find God anywhere. H- have you ever prayed and it felt like it just dribbled off your chin? I mean, it, it didn't. You know, there are times you pray real good prayers, right? I mean, there are times you just know that God and all the angels are standing there just ready to answer whatever it is that you're praying. But there are other times it's, it's just like a baby drooling. It's just like, blah, 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 I don't even know what I'm saying. You remember in, in a, a Peanuts cartoon, you remember the, the one the kid when he would listen was just, wah, wah, wah. Am I the only one? Why, and, and sometimes it just feels like your life is just wow, wow, wow. I mean, everything. It's dark all around you. Nothing uh, is going right in your life. And so today what I want to talk about to us is I want to talk to us about this whole aspect of cries from the darkness. Maybe you've been going through a time in your life uh, where, where you lost your job, or, or maybe it's one of those situations in your life where your family is, is seemingly coming apart at the seams. Maybe, maybe you're just dealing with depression. There really doesn't seem to be any outward reason why uh, you're, you're depressed, but you, you just you walk around and it feels like there's this fog. It feels like there's a cloud over you all the time. And so today I want us to continue with the life of Jonah, and I want to see what happens uh, when you get in that place. Look in the first chapter in the 17th verse of the book of Jonah. It says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now remember last week when we talked about what happened. Jonah, God had showed up in Jonah's life and said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. And Jonah said, I don't like those people. They're mean. I'm not going there. He gets on a boat and all of a sudden the Bible says God sends a storm that is about to shipwreck the entire boat. Finally, they get to Jonah and they said, what's wrong? What's going on? And he said, I'm the reason that this storm has come. 
And he said, if you'll just throw me overboard, he said, if you'll just get rid of me, he said, the, the storm will stop. And sure enough, they finally decided this guy is going to get us all killed. They grabbed him. They threw him over the side of the boat. And, and all of a sudden, the sea just became calm again. But Jonah thinks he's going to tread water for a while and then die. He thinks, well, I, I'm going to swim, but I'm so far away from land, it's not going to, I'm just going to die. But God had another thought. God said, Jonah, I told you I wanted you to go to Nineveh, and I'm not done with you yet. Now, there are some of us who need to understand that even in the midst of darkness, even in the midst of the worst night of your life, that God is still there, He is still in control, and you can make it if you just continue to hold on to Him. Now, a few years ago, I remember reading about a man uh, who had literally fall, fallen over the side of a, of a whaling vessel and had been, been swallowed by a whale. And later they found the, they caught the whale, they cut it open, and the guy was still alive. So now, not only does the Word of God say that this can happen, now we have documentation in, in today's society that you literally can be thrown into the, to the uh, sea and a fish can swallow you and you can survive and come out on the other side. Now, think about this for a minute. We read that story, and, it, and that's what it is. It's kind of a story. But think for a minute, put yourself in this place. All of a sudden, you are in the sea, you're kind of swimming around, and this fish. Now, the Bible doesn't say it's the whale. We call it a whale. We don't know what it was. The Bible says God prepared a fish. It could have been a tuna fish. It could have been a largemouth bass if he prepared it big enough. Oh, come on, work with me. It says God prepared a fish. He, you know, he can make a fish any size he wants to, can he? All right? And so he prepared this fish. Now think about it. Think about all of a sudden you're, you are in the sea and this fish comes up and the next thing you know you're going for a ride. And you're going slippery sliding down the throat. And you get in there into his stomach. Do I need to break this down for you? There's all kind of half-digested stuff in there. You know, you look over there, and there's all kind of fish that, that he swallowed. There's all kind of, I mean, there's, I mean, it's not, it's not we, we kind of have the idea that he got in there, and there was a little stool for him to sit on. He had a lamp over here. And he kind of just hung out in this fish for three days until God got ready to do something different. No, it was a nasty place to be. He is in total darkness. He is up to his neck, and God only knows what. I mean, it's, it's a nasty, horrible place that, that he's in. And, and there are times in our life where we find ourselves in those exact circumstances. Look, look in verse uh, chapter 2. Let, let's begin in verse 1 there. It says, uh, I think this is an understatement. I think verse 1 is a, is a real understatement. It says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. How many of you know God can get you to pray? I mean, you may not want to, but I promise you, he can get your attention. He can get you to a place. And it says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, you think? And he answered me out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. 
For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Now, I, I want to tell you something. There are times in your life where you, you are in this dark place. And you really want to give up. But, but I, I want to help us today. I want to talk to you about before you give up today, before you just throw it in and just say, I'm not going to do this anymore. My marriage is not worth it. My life is not worth it. Uh, my job is not living for God. I'm just going to give up. Before you do that, let's talk about some things today that can help us even in the midst of the darkest night. Let me tell you this. The Bible says weeping may endure for the night. But joy comes in the morning. It doesn't matter how dark the night may be, there is a morning that's going to come into your life. And you've, you've got to grab a hold of that. Now, let me, let me tell you, this first one you are not going to like. Let me just tell you that before I tell you what it is. But here it is. Sometimes God gives us what we deserve. Jonah deserved what he got because God had said, go to Nineveh. He said, I'm not going to do what God says. I'm not going to live the way God wants me to. And so he winds up in the belly of a fish, and it's simply because of what he deserves. Listen, there's this whole aspect. Have you ever read the Scripture that says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also what? Reap. Now, now, isn't it interesting that we understand that in, in the natural world? I mean, any, anybody do gardening? Anybody, anybody around here do gardening? Six of you. Let's lie. I don't do gardening. I hate gardens. No, really. I, I can remember as a child, my, my dad was raised on a farm, and, uh, and so he thought that he ought to be a gentleman farmer. I don't know what he thought. But, but every year we, we had, a, had a huge garden. I mean, it was, you know, 40 acres or something. Okay, I think it was about 10 rows. But anyway, when you're 7 and 8, it felt like 40 acres. And, and I'd have to go. I, I still remember to this day that I had to go out, and, and I, I was the one, because I was the littlest one, I was the one who had to get the grass out of the strawberries every year. And I hated it. I mean, I wanted to be playing. I wanted to be out romping with my friends. The last thing I wanted to do was to be in a garden. And to this day, if somebody says, you want to have a garden, you want to come pick something out of my garden, I go, no, I want to go to Kroger and pick it. <laughs> That's where I want to pick something out of. But we all understand in the aspect of, of, of sowing and reaping that in the natural, if you sow corn, you don't walk out there and say, man, I don't know why I didn't get any tomatoes. I mean, would you not think that person was a little touched? I mean, the elevator doesn't go quite all the way to the top floor with that person, right? I mean, I got more. You know, the, the, uh, the, the light's on, but ain't nobody home. Not the brightest bulb in the chandelier. Do I need to give you more? All right? I mean, you, you just look at that and go, there's something wrong with you. Why? Because we understand that whatever we sow, we are going to reap. Now, we have a tendency as believers and as people who know about Jesus Christ, we have a tendency to think that we can live however we want to, run to an altar, ask God to forgive us, and everything's going to be wiped out. Let me tell you, God does forgive you. 
if you confess your sins. He is just and faithful to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But I want to tell you there are still consequences to your actions. There's what's called the law of cause and effect. The law of cause and effect says it does not matter how holy and how righteous you are. It does not matter how much you pray, how much you speak in tongues, how much you witness, whatever. If you get on the top of this building and you walk off of it, the fall will be great. You can quote scripture all the way down. But if you walk off of this building, there are going to be some broken bones when you make that sudden stop. And you can say, well, I was trusting in God. And God would say you should have used the ladder. Why? Because there's this whole aspect of cause and effect. And sometimes, Jonah is a prime example of this, sometimes we get exactly what we deserve. There are things that happen. I mean, you know, if, if you run around with 20 credit cards in your pocket, oh, hallelujah. If you buy every latest gadget that comes out, if you have to have the newest whatever that there is all the time, then don't be surprised when you lose everything you've got. Pastor, I'm a tither. Yeah, but you're a foolish tither. See, there's about 30-something things in Scripture that will negate your tithing. And one of them is that the, the, the borrower is a servant to the lender. And so when, when you walk around with a pocket full of credit, I, I keep telling you, some of you need plastic surgery. You need to go home and cut up all that plastic you got because that, that's cause and effect. You can, you can be the most holy person at church, but you can still go bankrupt because you don't use good sense. Well, we're loving this sermon, aren't we? Sometimes we get what we deserve. Look at verse 5. Verse 5 and 6 says, The waters surrounded me even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I mean, it was a, it was a tough place. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit. O Lord my God. Let me, let me show you the second thing about darkness. When you are in a place that is dark, God seems slow in the darkness. Have you ever prayed and wanted God to show up and he didn't? Am I the only one? That's, I mean, I, I am one of the most, I, I don't need to confess this because some of you will come talk to me or send me emails, but, but I can be, let's say it that way, I can be one of the most impatient people on earth. I want everything right now. I want it to happen. You know, I, Lord, give me patience now. I mean, that, that, you know, that's, that's kind of the way I live. And, and what I've found is, is that in those moments where things aren't going well, where my life seemingly is closed in by darkness i begin to call on god god i need you i need you to show up now and it's like he's twiddling his thumbs or something it's it's like he's gone on vacation it's like hey lord is this siesta time what's up 
Have, have you ever prayed for something? In a, in a, let me, maybe I need to ask this question. Have you ever been in a dark time? Okay, a few of you have. I mean, I've, I've been in those moments where it was like, God, if you don't show up, you, you, you know, you, you remember the story about the guy who climbs a tree, and in the tree there's, what, a, a bear or something in the tree with him, and they, they, the guy's down on the ground with a shotgun, and, and uh, you know, he's afraid to shoot because he's afraid to hit the guy, and the guy finally said, shoot up here amongst us and give one of us some ease. You know, there, there are times in your life where you just, you just want some ease in your life. You just want something to happen so that you can move on. And, and it's in those moments where God seems to be the furthest away. Here's what I found out about when God doesn't show up. And that is this. God's delays are not God's denials. Don't miss it. Just because he delayed does not mean he is denying what you've asked. I mean, you, you want to find out about delay, talk to Abraham. Hey, Abraham, you're going to have a, have a boy. Lord, you told me that 25 years ago. Lord, I, I'm trying to help you out. I'll, I'll, you know, I mean, all kind of stuff. And, and yet God never changed. He, he, he had told Abraham, you're going to have a boy. And, but he was waiting until everything got right. And then at 109, and she's 90, he said, okay, everything's right now. And everybody around, everything's right now? I mean, you know, when she was 30 would have been much simpler, Lord. Right? Year after year after year, God delayed but he did not deny. How many things in your life has God delayed, but he didn't deny, but in the darkness you gave up? And because you gave up, you never saw what God wanted to do in your life. And so you've got to come to that place of understanding day in and day out. That God seems slow in the darkness, but just keep hanging on. Don't give up. Don't quit. Look in verse 7. He said, when my soul, again, Jonah's talking here in this place, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went up to, up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. You say, well, we don't worship idols. Oh, yeah, we have a lot of idols. We have a lot of things that we put out there and say, oh, this is going to be my, my job is my idol. My money is my idol. My prestige is my idol. And, and, and Jonah just said, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. The third thing, in the hour of darkness, when you're about to give up, just remember this, no pain, no gain. It's a new year. It's a new time. I guarantee you that the gyms are running over with people. Now, I haven't been, as you can tell, but... I will just guarantee you the first month, month and a half of the year, you can't get into the gym because everybody is there. And baby, man, they're working out, you know, 700 pounds. 
He hadn't lifted 20 and I'm, I'm going to do and, and And I can remember, and, and you know, the, the times that I've done this, I can remember the first day after, you know, you go through the reps, you go home the next day, and, and you start to feel it. But that second day, it's like, Lord, I don't think I want to be in shape. It's not worth it. I'll just die and go home to be with Jesus quicker. Because, man, I mean, I, I heard in places I didn't know I had. And as true as that is in the natural, it's also true in every other aspect of life. Here's what I found out through the years. Tough times get our attention. When everything's going good and everything's going well, we kind of just go on autopilot. But, but get in the belly of a whale. Get in that darkness. Get in that place where things are, are just messed up. And, and all of a sudden what happens is, is that that pain focuses your attention. Those of you who, who deal in the healthcare profession know that when somebody is in pain, everything else is secondary. They just want relief from the pain. I mean, you could walk in and say, well, I can get rid of the pain, but i got to cut your head off. And they say, okay, cut it off. Don't care, I just won't. Right? Because that's, that's all you care about in that moment. In our lives, when we go through the darkness, when we go through the tough times, what it is is that God is allowing that tough time to get our attention. See, here, here's something about pain. Pain reminds us of our mortality. Pain's not a bad thing. We think that it is. But be thankful that you have pain. Because if you didn't have pain, uh, you'd lay your hand on a hot stove and, and burn your hand completely up and never know it. Because, but because you have pain, you know that. I mean, you, you'd break a bone and, and walk around until it got infected and you died of gangrene if you didn't have pain. Pain is good. Pain is something uh, that reminds us, listen, this life is fleeting. It's moving. It's going on. But you know what? In Jonah's life, it's, it's so interesting. Jonah said, in, in this moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise God. I'm going to give a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord. And he said, I'm going to pay the vow that I made to God. Now, that's an interesting statement because watch this. Jonah has been fleeing from God. But evidently, somewhere in Jonah's past, he had made a vow to God. And I think that vow was something like this. God, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. And all of a sudden, God said, oh, yeah, Jonah, remember? Have you ever promised God anything and then forgot? I get real nervous when I hear people making vows to God. I've stood in hospital rooms and heard people vow to God, God, if you'll heal this person, if you'll bring, then, then I'll, do, I'll do such and such. And, and then I've watched as God performs his part, and then they don't do what they said. Jonah evidently had made a vow to God. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live for you. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. And yet, he wasn't fulfilling it. But in this moment of darkness, he is reminded and he begins to give thanksgiving to God. Listen, difficulty produces thanksgiving in your life. It strips away all the surface stuff. And all of a sudden, you realize what's important. 
when they use certain words to you, if you go to a doctor and they say to you, you have cancer, it focuses you. All of a sudden, your, your whole life comes to one point and everything else fades away. The dent on the car doesn't mean anything anymore. The kids, how they've tore up part of the house really doesn't matter anymore. Why? Because all of a sudden, darkness has invaded your life. But in the midst of that, you can begin to give thanks. You say, what do I have to give? Pastor, if you knew the mess, if you knew the stuff, if you knew all the things, the Bible says in everything. It didn't say for everything. It says in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything. Jonah all of a sudden remembers, I made a vow to God, and he begins to give thanksgiving to the Lord. He begins to thank the Lord for everything that God has done. Look in the 10th verse, if you would, and we'll close. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. <laughs> we could have dressed that up. But there's really not much dressing up to it. He just vomited him out. Blah, there it was. That's it. There's Jonah. Piece of seaweed stuck right here. Half-eaten clothes. His body is bleached out so white. I mean, it doesn't matter what color he was. By that point, the, the gastric juices of the fish has, has totally, am I being too real for some of you? I mean, come on, think about it. I mean, he's, he's walking out, you know, half his clothes are gone. And I mean, no wonder when, he, and we won't get too far ahead, but no wonder when he starts walking through the town saying, and in and and, and three days God's going to destroy you. I mean, you look at that, you go, I repent. I repent. You know, I mean, it's, it's just over. You look at that guy, goes, if that's what he does to those he loves. Huh. So the Lord spoke to the fish. Fourth thing in that time of darkness, understand this, desperation produces delight. When you get desperate, God shows up. Blind Bartimaeus cried out. Everybody said, be quiet. The Bible says he cried the more loud. He just kept on. Everybody said, be quiet. Uh -uh, he's desperate. If Jesus, and, and what's interesting here, this is the last time, we, uh, Bartimaeus didn't know this, but this was the last time that Jesus would ever walk that road. It was his last, don't miss that, it was his last time to get his eyes open. Jesus would never walk that road again because he was going to his crucifixion. But Bartimaeus, desperation. Hannah, in desperation, goes into the temple and is so moved to have a child that even the priest mistakes that she is drunk and rebukes her. And she said, it's not drunkenness like you think. It's desperation of the spirit. Ask Jacob about being desperate. 
the angel of God, which is God in the theophany, shows up. And Jacob grabs a hold of God himself and wrestles with him. And God kept saying to him, let me go. And Jacob kept saying, I will not let you go until you bless me. And the scripture says that finally the angel of God reached down and hit him in his hip and knocked his hip out of socket and he still wouldn't let him go. He said, I will not let you go until you bless me. I wonder if some of us need to get desperate. Lord, I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping. See, here's the deal. Out of your darkest night comes your greatest triumph. It's it's out of those worst things that launches you to your next level of grace and mercy with God. We want it easy. I mean, think about it in the natural development of a child. If you never allowed that child to begin to crawl and begin to pull up and begin to fall, and if you just carried them everywhere they... I mean, think about when they get to be five years old and you're still carrying them everywhere. Think about when they get to be 25 years old. Oh, but I want it easy on my child. I want, my, I want to take care. No, no, no. They, they've got to learn. There's got to be some bumps. There's got to be some bruises. There's got to be some trips and some falls. There's got to be some hard times. And that's what we don't like as Christians. We, we want God to always show up the way that we want him to show up. We want everybody to be healed, everybody to be wealthy, everybody to have whatever they want. And listen, that's heaven. You're going to have that one day when you get to heaven. But in this world, Jesus said, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, he continued to say, because I have overcome the world. Even the life of Jesus was not a life of ease. He could have called a legion of angels, but he chose to go through the suffering of the cross so that he could produce delight And the Bible says, despising the shame, but looking to the glory. You know what the glory is? Every person who knows him today, that's the glory. In your life, desperation produces delight. It's in that moment. Lord, I'm not giving up until you bless me. I'm not stopping until I have something new in my life. I won't quit until I receive my blessing. And all of a sudden, if you get desperate, God will speak to that fish. And out of the darkness, you'll come forth. You'll be different. You'll look different. You'll act different. You'll smell different. And just, I, again, I just, my mind goes places with Jonah. I mean, you, you, you didn't have to say, hey, has something happened to you, Jonah? I mean, you just got, you know, you got downwind of him and goes, woo, something's different about that guy. It's when you come to that place of saying, you know what? I'm not going to let the darkness destroy my future. In that moment, God shows up on your behalf.